Welcome back to the Deep Fried Podcast, where I have my lovely charisma and my goldfish with me. Welcome, my friends, Josh Toppin and Elliot Cohen, our regulars. And we also have a guest, Alex Tobin. How are you doing? Hello, thanks for having me. Yes, of course, same time. So this is my first time hosting, and I know that Elliot and Hoppin are really relying on me. So I'll make sure not to drop the ball like Javon Warren. So let's get back to you, We're talking some hockey. Um, let, let's just start diving off into the black. That was your football joke, by the way? You wanted to start it off with a football joke, and that was it? Javon Wims? I don't think that was that bad. I mean, I, it wasn't that, that was bad, actually. He was, the ball like I was, I was, I, he did. I was, that wasn't bad. Joke. You need to punch up your joke, David. All right. Well, I mean, you are the comedian, so I might need to get some uh, pointers from you after the show. But anyway, I really want to dive into the Blackhawks here. Nothing? I could not better joke than whatever you said. Punch up. Uh, I'm seeing some coach inability for sure. But if if, if you can stop interrupting me, I want to get down to the agenda here. And that is the Blackhawks. I, uh, guys, I still can't believe Corey Copper called quits. Uh, He's pretty damn young. Uh, What do you guys make of his unexpected retirement? Oh, my. He's not young. That's where I'm going to start. Wait, you want me to start it here? Um, anyways, we're jumping, we're jumping right into it. David Mannion podcast. I don't know. <laughs> that was a that was the quickest and most efficient intro I've ever heard. Um, but anyways, kind of going back to your question, David. I think I think he realized once he signed that he wasn't as happy, and he's had a wide variety of concussions in his time. Yes. Now you're going to a new team, really no friends. You know, it's a whole new environment. I mean, the Blackhawks are the top of the top when it comes to, you know, treating their players right. And now you drop off to another level. Like you ex- kind of expect that. Um, I still think it was a big surprise with uh, Carford retiring, but it's not, I guess it's not like, you know, shocking in any forms uh, with that. Um, I don't know what's your take on that, Alex. I've been on the record yeah, saying, and by on the record, I mean I've discussed privately amongst ho- other hockey enthusiasts in my circle that Corey Crawford should have retired like two, three years ago because the, he's been getting concussions the last several seasons. And, um, you know, I mean, not that he was his, yeah, his play declined, but he was still, um, there's just a point where you get concerned about the guy's long-term health. And I, I, I always thought that, uh, I thought he was going to, honestly, I was surprised he kept going. Um, two years he's ago, he's playing he was, at a high level. He's, I mean, he's, he's still playing. He was still playing, playing at a high at level. But high he missed level. so much time. And, I agree. And, no, I agree. You know, and over like the last three years, and I just I was surprised when he kept going. But um, and I was even more surprised when he took the Devils job. But but yeah, at the end of the day, I think it was definitely a good decision. And and um, I'm happy as a Blackhawk fan that you know he'll be uh he'll be a Blackhawk for life basically. And I hope he does get his number retired. Uh, he's had quite the career, you know, he, early, mm-hmm. I remember early on every, uh, a lot of people down on Corey Crawford really throughout his career. He just had so many stretches where like, he just didn't look like a starting goaltender to be honest. And, and a lot of disappointing moments in the playoffs, but then, you know, there's a whole redemption arc there. And I still think back to, uh, that Boston Bruins Stanley cup finals where he was just so dominant and, uh, yeah, he'll at the end of the day he'll be remembered for sure as the guy uh behind, you know, 
in front of the net for two two of those championships. Yeah, and I want to uh, make a comment, but I want Alex to kind of put his input on it first here before I well, say something. Very nice of you, Josh. He's 36. He's not like a 30-year-old retiring from football or something. You're younger than 40, you're young. But go ahead. Goaltenders can last to like 42. But 36 is still respectable for any professional athlete to last that long physically it's not like his body held up his head didn't mm-hmm. that's obviously why he's going yeah. but I, will, I will say he he was he was still playing at a high level if he didn't get it if he didn't get the concussions he would he would be a 300 game winner easily no i think that's a good point i also think i mean Crawford is kind of the example of like a true, almost like a true pro, but, you know, he went from getting drafted to going, you know, playing in the minor leagues for whatever, three, four years to developing there and then, you know, slowly developing with the Blackhawks and then fully, you know, basically developing into one of the best goaltenders the Blackhawks have ever had. So I think he he didn't, he didn't, he didn't like become a solid starter until he was in like his mid twenties. Exactly. Like Like, he's a perfect example of, you know, you kind of keep working and grinding and, you know, working the development leagues and then kind of slowly work your way up there. Um, And he's, you know, you know, when he first started, he had a good defense in front of him, but like the last few years, I mean, you just, you see how important good um, goaltenders are, and you start appreciating it. I mean, look at yesterday. Crawford would have kept us in that game more than one period, but I guess kind of that's besides the point at that point. Um, I will that. say at the very end of his career, the, the, it was more noticeable how good he was because of how bad our defense mm-hmm. was. I think we were last in every single category in relation to time of possession um, time and zone, things like that. So I believe he got better when the defense got worse. And it's no, funny because you talk about you talk about age, and a lot of the defenders, uh, defensemen in front of him were of a similar age to him. Yet it seemed like his uh, his body was more. First off, someone needs to like mute that uh, Facebook because someone's a popular guy over there. Oh, that, uh, I was just saying how Tommy made the point of you know, which I definitely on. agree so with. I can how see the questions are in front of me. Uh, hey, am I still cutting up by the way? Turn it off. I'll just use my phone now? instead. Elliot, you're cutting right, right, right. in out a little bit. Um, I'm that, sorry. Uh, go, go ahead. The defensemen in front of him were, or the defense was really, really bad the last few years. You know, a lot of older, slow, he didn't say this, but I'm saying it. A lot of older, the, no, no, or the defensemen they have just aged and slowed down. And um, and he, it really like makes his his play shine even more because they arguably should have been worse with the defense that was in front of him. Uh, mm-hmm. If you if you want some stats, uh, the the Hawks yeah, are so those are all that's interesting. Those are all defensive categories. Shots against, scoring chances right. against. And those are all high danger chances against. To stop those scoring opportunities. So I definitely agree with that, and I think that it's funny to. So I was just making the point of how it's funny zone, to me that they're, they're the defensemen are getting older. They're slower now than they were before, but they're not much. They're like 
Keith and Seabrook are, are in their later thirties too. Like it's, it's interesting how Crawford is, is getting up there in age, but still uh, was able to play at a higher level than some of his similarly aged defensemen. Well, I think the younger guys. Yeah. I think it comes to the fact that defense, you need five guys. And Duncan was pretty good last year. It's the other four guys sometimes with him that aren't so good. Yeah. Um, Crawford obviously helped bail them out. But, I mean, goaltending is more of a – obviously, it's a team sport. But, you know, Crawford could help himself more um, than someone like Duncan Keith can. Because he has to deal with four other people, or Connor Murphy, or whoever else he's on. So, with all yeah. this in mind, especially considering the fact how a lot of defensive guys were considered to be liabilities, and how Corey Crawford impression. rose to the occasion, especially in the final stretch of his career, would you guys say that he's uh, worthy of the Hall of Fame? Ooh, good question, David. Oh, thanks, man. I, I came <laughs> up with these all on my own. Um, ah, uh, that's, um. Tommy, no. you're shaking your head first, so why don't you lead us off here? He's he doesn't have the stats to do it. Um, he doesn't have the amount of wins. Period. That's really the one that'll do it. He was good for like eight years, like great for eight years, and then that's all he had. Where where these other goalies were good for like twenty years and had like four hundred, five hundred wins. So, yeah, that's, but that's I guess my first point. So I guess following up with your question on top of the Hall of Fame, would would his jersey be retired for the Blackhawks? Is that more realistic then? Oh yeah, then he's, he's Hall third of Fame in one? Blackhawks history. He's third in Blackhawks history for goal, for wins. So yes, very much in the rafters somewhere, but not anywhere near the Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame. I I think. Tauber makes a good point. I think he's good enough for the Raptors. I mean, he won two Stanley Cups. I mean, he kept the Blackhawks relatively good for many years um, for the Blackhawks. And he said, what, third third most wins in Blackhawks history. So I think all that makes sense for the Blackhawks. But, yeah, if he's, you know, there's still way better goalies than him out there. Um, well, speaking of that, the one that got hasn't got into the Hall of Fame yet, um, he his name is uh, Mike Richter. He's not in the Hall of Fame. He he um he has like four hundred eight wins or something like that, and he has a similar goals against, similar saves against, and he's not in the Hall of Fame yet. Which he will be, but he's not in there yet. And Crawford is like a hundred wins behind him. And uh, Richter also won uh, a gold for the U.S. and won MVP for that. <laughs> okay. I agree. I, I definitely so if agree. He's not I think in, that, it makes sense. If he's it's not like a, in there. It's again. not. Um, it's a good he's question, but good. no, he doesn't individually. Yeah, I don't like think his individual Marker. performances are enough to um, get him in. Elliot, any thoughts on Crawford? Keith's number, yes. Kane, t- it's Keith. So. I guess then the question is so okay you retire yeah, just the three Crawford's screw Brent Seabrook <laughs> do I do you retire Seabrook's number Keith's number Kane's number Tate no I actually I would be more in, I would be or more we talking 
Well, he was. How about like do we tie someone like Hosa's number two or no? Every single year he plays like towards top of the. That's true. Wait, fair enough. Fair enough. Hosa only played like five years for the Blackhawks. Yeah, that's good. Obviously, Kane and Tate. The guys in the Raptors are literal Hall of Famers. They will be Blackhawk guys. So we're in agreement. Kane, Crawford, Keith. Right, that's still pretty good, <laughs> right? Those four. Yeah. Those. Yeah. I mean, yeah, last, and Keith is obviously. You're only gonna have like four in the last twenty years, which is fine. That's really good. No, that's what I'm saying. That's that. That's that seems about average. Put. I'll just uh, put in my real quick take. Um, mm-hmm. My dude, you have not watched enough hockey because that's like 28 of the 30 goalies. I've never seen a man who has more gracefully and more sexually skated over to the net right before the game. It was just marvelous. (laughs) (laughs) He's no slouch either. Get him into the hall. I, I... He does stick up for his teammates. I mean, he's been in his favorite number of fights. What did he say at that one championship rally? I can't... He said something ridiculous. Fight... Fighter goalies? I don't know if that's yeah. exactly a term here, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so which is pretty cool. Good dude. Fucking oh. right. Fuck you, bitch. It's <laughs> fucking right. But yeah, that was that was a solid one. Anyway, that was a solid talk about um Corey Cropper and Seabrook and Duncan and all those other random guys that y'all made up. Let's go on to Kirby Doc. I don't know if this is the pink round fella from the Super Mario games, but was it the right call to uh, send him to the World Juniors? And I guess he broke his wrist. That's breaking news. So, Ellie, what, what, what do you make of this situation? Well, so David, uh, first of all, very impressed that you know about Kirby Doc breaking his wrist. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Must have a little cheat sheet somewhere. <laughs> yeah, my guess is that uh, the question may have been written down for him. But you never know. Um, uh, what are my thoughts? You know, they just keep uh, buying Swedish be all right. players. <laughs> the the yeah, he's a he's a really talented um, young player, and uh, last year was definitely his breakout year. But um, a wrist, I think, is is uh, not terribly difficult to come back from because he was so, on the same uh, line as King. We'll see, but but Juniors is a pretty far descent because, um, are we talking that he was actually sent to? He was not. He was yeah. He was sent to the World Juniors, right? World juniors. Yeah, is that, is that like the equivalent of the AAA in baseball? Like I'm trying to get a good idea. The American- no, it's basically the youngest talented players like that aren't on a NHL rap on. I guess yeah. they can't be on the NHL. It the has to be like AHL, 19 and younger or 20 and younger. Yeah. It's like the youth league. The AHL yeah. is what you're thinking of. It's the like professional league that is essentially the NHL's minor league. Mm-hmm. But before anyone – like those who are playing in the AHL, just like the minors, they all uh, are under an organization like an NHL team umbrella. And so before they get there, they play either in college or in juniors, which is just like a separate – I think they're usually in Canada. Oh, okay. And it's only 19. There you go. Yeah. So, so the fact that there, he probably would have been sent to the AHL, but the AHL, as Josh knows personally, is not in operation right now. So he would not have been sent to the AHL. He would not have been. He is a starting, he's also our best center in the team. Yeah. 
He um in his why contract. Would he not- so he's young enough in his contract. Um, so he signed his contract. If the Blackhawks wanted to send him to a younger league last year, he would have went back to his original uh, junior team, which I'm not sure where it's at from, but that's just how it works when you're that young. Well, as you I was saying before, the they keep HL. trading away every uh, he did end up, talent they had. I do want to say he did end up going to the, to be the Red game, Wings so badly. But that was because he was on a rehab assignment. <sighs> Wait, can uh, you, can you, can players, you just explain Wings that really quick? So he's players. under contract with the Blackhawks. He's though, under contract 100% with the Blackhawks. Um, um, right. But initially, wait, in the last five years, when these players away get signed, draft pick they, they get had, signed and they're playing right? from another team. So he's playing every with first his junior team. Oh, right, right, so right, right, if right. the Blackhawks didn't think he was ready yeah, to was, play um, yeah, you know, traded, uh, with the Blackhawks day one, so last year we're talking about, mm-hmm. yeah, he would yeah. have been sent back down to his junior team, not with the Rockford. I understand. It's it's basically you can like, I, is it kind of like the situation where I remember this kid who actually played at Miami, where I went to school, he was on the hockey team, and he was drafted by like the Winnipeg Jets, but he didn't go up to play for the uh, AHL team right away. He stayed in college and played. He was under contract for them, but he was still playing in college. He was just, yeah, they he was the like, rights to him. Te- yeah, exactly what you said. Own the rights to him. Yeah. Uh, Technically, he's not signed because, but like, whenever he's ready, he can move back up with the team. Correct, and they if, own his exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, but oh. kind of staying back on top topic, um, Alex, what's your thoughts on uh, Doc? Um, was it kind of the right call to send him to the World Juniors? Yep, yep. He's he's very young. You don't send your young guys down um, without. Getting them better. They did find a gem in the in the fifth I round of to baseball. In that, if you you would rather have him play AAA than sit a, on the bench and is not a legend. Play. Mm-hmm. And for this case, you would rather have him play in the juniors instead of not playing where there isn't any games in the NHL yet. And the, he didn't he he didn't play that much last year um, because of the schedule breaks. He didn't develop mm-hmm. as much as he could have. Still 19. So, any amount of game time. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. I think it's such a fluke fluke injury, and it's not like he was getting checked. I mean, uh, he traded Sad away, but then got him ready. But he literally, like, just. He can't be bigger than you, Hoffman. What's up? He can't be bigger than you. (laughs) I think he's quite bigger than me. Um, But, uh, Josh would check a bunch of guys. He wouldn't look back. I mean, he literally just touched the guy and it broke. Like, I mean, you can't get mad at something like that. Did I he mean, break his wrist in, while he was in junior? In the game, not get like that second high game, he went for like a four check, that, I that believe. Him and it just, aren't going to be the, the worst was, teams the, in the league that have you, a high like, Watch the video after this. It's the most nonchalant, like, check ever. Wow. And it just broke. It's just like one of those fluke, really freaky injuries. Exactly, exactly. And what kind of what Alex said, you, you got to play these young guys. Um, yeah, that's I mean, the only way they're going to develop, especially at 19 years old. Um, that's a risk at, at any level they play. Exactly, at. and you know he could have broken the first day at training cap, or right. you know first game at the Blackhawks. And I guess it's better that he broke it so early. So I guess he has quote unquote a small chance of returning. Um, it's highly unlikely, but at least then he can you know get back to rehabbing it and you know be ready for opening night next year with that. So. It was 100% the right call to send them. You want to have them play as much as possible, especially these days. You never know when the next hockey game is going to be. So it's important. Well, 
Well, fellas, I, I feel like that we can all agree that just like Tom Cruise, the NHL likes them young. Pretty much like any other sport, you want the young players to come in and make an immediate impact your team. With the Hawks getting up there in age with Seabrook and Crawford, Taze and Kane, of course, they're soon going to be going into hockey heaven. So with that in mind, do you feel like it's, you know, Hoffman, do you finally believe that it's time for the Blackhawks to uh, get their um, rebuilding act in order? Wow, yeah, I, I feel like they should have done this a couple years ago, in all honesty. It's, I mean, I guess it's hard when you have someone like Crawford that can basically keep you in any game. But, I mean, let's be honest. They got lucky getting Kirby Dock at number three overall. Um, there was, there's a high probability they probably won't get that high of a pick unless they shred all tank. And, and basically watching the last few years, like, Kane and Taves can't do that much. They're still good. Like you need four lines in the NHL these days. You need four strong lines. Um, and kind of what Stan Bowman said is is that you need four rotating lines that can basically score. And Blackhawks last year had maybe two. Um, wow. They're not very physical anymore. They um, rely on a lot of you know Kane doing some juke move and hopefully it goes in. Which they've been like that for years, man. They've I mean, never yeah, but like okay, but before team. that, when they won, they had Hosa, they had Patrick Sharp, they had Andrew Ladd, they had Chris Sieg, they had solid lines yeah. where they had good talent every single line. I mean, these days you had Patrick Kane and Taves, the only two guys yeah. basically can score with Kubalik with them. So that's your three best players all on the same line. So John Panarin was have relatively low expectations on their season this year. I mean, if, oh. if we'd be cautiously, uh, should we make sure we have cautious expectations on how they perform this year? Yeah, I think I think everyone. Um, I mean, we haven't even touched on the Taves situation yet, but um, I think everyone has to just kind of expect the worst. I mean, they're not gonna. I mean, they don't have a true goaltender. They don't have. You know, many offensive weapons this year, so it's going to be um, it's going to be a, a long, long twenty twenty one hockey season for the Blackhawks oh! out here. But um, I think it's finally the the right call to rebuild because you need you need good competitive players, and if you if you somehow get the first overall pick, like you can be right back in there with with all these guys finally getting healthy. And hopefully developing. I mean, you don't want to waste too many more years of Patrick Kane. But uh, I've been rambling on too much here. Uh, Alex, what's your take on the Blackhawks rebuild? Wait, we can't hear you this time. No, we can't hear him. And we also can't hear that buzzing sound. Um, But Elliot, when when Alex is fixing that, uh, what's your take? On the rebuild, uh, I think that I agree with you that it's about time. Although it's interesting how, um, you know, I mean, it, it, you think of the le- like the Blackhawks haven't done terrible with the later round picks they've or with that Stan Bowman has had the last few years. Like, but who they have they? Get, who've they had got they, to break it in the later rounds? They got the or in round. the later for yeah. I mean, I, that's not a top 10 pick. Like, okay. Okay. No, I not bad. That He's definitely, he was definitely a hit for a second round pick. Okay. Yeah. Um, um actually, you know what? I don't think there's anybody. Uh, He's um, really, <laughs> like, if you look at it, he's really like, the, the more I think about it, anyone, 
Yeah, well, the, I, last, the last season and a half, like, he's kind of stalled in his development. I, I would say I would I can argue even longer than that almost. Like, the last – yeah, and, like, the last guy that they've really developed, I feel like, is to, uh, Tuvo Teravainen. Teravainen, right? yeah. Well, I mean, Debrinket, Br- they were for a minute. I mean, he was I mean, okay, up there I'll with Kane leading I'll the team in scoring. Brinken, but I feel like Debrinket – what stats speak for themselves? That's all I'm saying. But but yeah, no, he's 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 definitely stalled. In the you look at his stats last season, not so good. But I mean, the more I think about it, the more the picks um, that I'm thinking of were kind of um, reinforcement draft picks that they had when they were still winning. Guys like Ryan Hartman and you know, bust. You, uh, you think it was a bust? He was First he was a round pick. That's true, but he 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 helped shore up the physicality on some of those on those lower lines when they were actually winning when they were still a playoff and then right team. when you win once when you you know need him to step up and start scoring like 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 my fo- top couple picks should be all either top defense or top scores like ryan Harmon's good but he couldn't well, score. he's definitely not what they need now yeah but, i mean he was good know. he's a f- enforcer but that that's like a that's like a sixth or seventh round pick like, you know what I mean? Like that's an Andrew Shaw type of pick, mm. right there. Um, yeah, and they they did they did hit on a lot of those later round picks when they were when they were a playoff team. But you know now that they're in the situation where they have to they have to land on like a top ten pick, it's it's interesting. I've I've never seen them in this position before, so I don't know. I, I'm not sure. Stan Bowman's a good late round draft pick guy, but maybe not so much a uh, you know first round top pick kind of guy. Yeah, true. Um, Alex, what's kind of your take on it? <laughs> and buying Swedish players. That is true. Yeah, they had um. Some of those moves were disgusting. Henry, Yuki Haru. Mm-hmm. He was. They, I liked him a lot. I don't understand that move. Um, they yeah, traded away man. Nick Schmoltz, <laughs> Ryan Harmon, um, Hayden, Tyler Mott. They did um, get Dylan Strom with a with a draft pick exchange, which was which yes. was good. Yeah, no, Tobin's they right. They're definitely there. more um, more bust than than. I mean, you Ryan. can go down the list since since Patrick Kane. Patrick Kane was drafted number number one in two thousand and seven. Okay, in 08, they took Kyle Beach, complete bust. What what number pick was he? Eleven. Oh. Okay. Um, in two thousand and nine, they took Dylan Dylan Olson with the twenty eighth. Oh, yeah. I remember Bust. Him. They took uh, Kevin Hayes with the 24th pick in the... Oh, my God. True. Fifth True. round. Jimmy Hayes. What about Jimmy Hayes? Wasn't he a... T- You're thinking of... Yeah, but they they, they took his brother, yeah. Kevin Hayes, in the first round. Didn't, didn't even sign him. So that was another bust of a year. 2011, they took Mark McNeil, bust. 
Um, they did take Philip Dulant. Rivers? No, Philip Dulant. Um, Dulant. And he's actually doing really good, but again, they traded him away. Um, they traded, and they traded him again. <laughs> That so year. the Blackhawks love to trade away their talented players trying yes. to come with the new Red Wings. So with that in mind, if we're going to get this rebuilding process underway, do you all think it makes sense to trade Patrick Kane away? And how high of a draft pick do you guys think we could get? Uh, well, that's, ooh, that's another tricky question there, David. Um, you know me, that's where I'm All right, Elliot, uh, let's go to you. Should they pay, trade Patrick Kane away? Absolutely not. Um, uh, like Josh said, you know, uh, he's or actually, I don't know if he said this yet, but we still have a few years left to Patrick Kane. Um, no, I, I, I no, I'm saying we still have a few years left of 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 prime play from Patrick Kane. I think that they can still. I don't. I don't think so at this point. I think that maybe, maybe in a few years, it's worth consideration. But I don't. You're not going to get a lot in a few years. You can still get enough. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's the bias in me, but uh, I, I I don't like the idea. I don't have a good enough reason other than well, Patrick Kane's pretty true. So, like, you, you think he has like another good two or three years left in him? Yeah, I think he's so. Yeah. Sure. What, Josh? You're laughing at me. He can't hear us, so I'm gonna take over for him. So, <laughs> I will say that Kane is still the best offensive player in the league. He still creates the most offense. He, everyone around him is still 10 times better playing with him. He's still valuable for every young guy on your team. Uh, Dabrinkit's numbers when he was playing on Kane's line is at least 20 times better than when he wasn't like last year. And it, it, it's, it's too valuable to get rid of um, now. He's still valuable in a in a sense for everybody uh, as a team player, but so do you do you think can, they should trade him at some get, point? Uh, oh yeah, he's t- if you really wanted something out like in like five years, you would trade him now. He's your only player people want on your team, on, on the team that's tradable. But it seems like you were you thought it was more so, worth it for him to stay than to be traded. Oh yeah. Okay. As of yes, as a team development standpoint, um, yes. Well, I can hear Josh, but he can't hear us. <laughs> That's all right. I'll, I'll get him back on. I'm sure I'll have a lot to say. That's uh, a lot of technical difficulties tonight. You hate to see it. Uh, but let's move on to the last topic of our hockey discussion. We usually like to talk about least viable players rather than MVPs because. That's just the kind of guys we are. We like this straight away from the, the the most common thing. So, so Ellie, give us your LVP of the Blackhawks this year. This year, LVP. That is so tough because I think they have a lot of bums, or they're going to have a lot of bums by the time uh, this season is out again. But uh, I'm going to give it to, as much as I hate it, because I don't think he's that terrible considering the circumstances, I'm going to probably give it to Malcolm Subban because he's going to, Whoa, whoa, whoa. The only black guy on the team is your least that valuable? Is, that has nothing to do with it. That whoa, is, whoa. He's their starting, starting the goaltender. 
Hold the phone. David, for your political rants. Go ahead, Elliot. Yeah, Tom, it was, we'll, we'll, we'll hear your stand-up routine at some other point, but not in this podcast. <laughs> hey, man. Uh, I'm not the one that hates black people, all right? So to, I think that I think that friendly, family friendly podcast. All right, Elliot. Yeah, we're trying to be. So I think that as a starting netminder, you know, he's going to have. Uh, oh, and Josh is back with us. That's nice to see. Uh, but as yeah, a starting this, uh, net- this audio thing is no bueno tonight here. It's a sign that I want you to shut the you know what up. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. All right, Elliot. You were not going to. I think. Yeah, I, I think Malcolm Sue, man. I think that he. Um, is obviously just a huge step up, step down from Corey Crawford, and he's going to bear a lot of the, the blame this season. Although you know, uh, maybe, you know, I maybe maybe the media will be a bit more understanding. But I'm going to go with him as my. What's LVP. what's the question, David? LVP. The L- LVP is on the Blackhawks. But I like your pick, um, Elliot. But I feel like if you're going to go Malcolm Subban, he's going to be fifty fifty with Colin Delia. If not thirty three percent with Delia, that's true. They will go in a rotation. I'm I only with him because he started the first game. <laughs> it's fair, but you got to. I, I mean, I agree. I think LVP will probably be the goaltenders, but I feel like you got to put them all in the same category. That's here. fair. Um, just because they're literally going to share fifty fifty or whatever one yeah. one third of it. Um, I will go instead of going goalies because I know how much you guys hate um repeaters. I'll go Jeremy Colleton. I do not think he will be oh able to um, to develop these guys. Um, he hasn't really developed anyone yet. Um, over the, his last two years or two and a half years. Um, and yeah, I guess he had a chance to throughout. I mean, Kirby did, but Kirby developed it almost in the um, in between. Yeah, the kind end of, of the season one. and in between that period before the playoffs last year. So he basically developed on his own. Um, I just don't see anyone developing. I You can also probably put LVP Stan Bowman because, again, another guy who has clueless what's going on uh, these days. Um, who is that? Who was your last? Stan Bowman. Oh, Stan Bowman. Um, yeah. But, yeah, that's just mine. Uh, Tobin, who's your LVP? Um, Andrew Shaw. He what? Is... Come on. He, he's 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 very cute and fun when there's a winning team around him and everybody's like flying high and everybody's skating by everybody and you have all this stuff to back up your team but when when your team sucks and you're just gonna hit people just to hit people and it looks pathetic it's not a good look when your team sucks um mm-hmm. it's you get it's it turns from like yeah he's our guy he sticks up for our our players like Taze and Kane and Hosa and stuff when they were winning. But, but boy, does it look pathetic when he has nobody's to stick up for. Yeah, that's a good one. It's that's probably actually, Ryan Carpenter. He's playing on ice. His last name's Carpenter. He's playing the wrong <laughs> There we go. That's a good one. Uh, David, do you have an LVP for the weekend? For the weekend? Well, I thought yeah. you were my LVP for the Hawks. Oh, oh! I didn't know. If, I didn't <laughs> we know. We just if you assumed were... that you didn't have one because you didn't know. I, I, I for this weekend. I mean, I, I thought you know the old reliable, the National Football League, and I would probably have to say it will be. Oh gosh, I think it's going to be Josh Allen. He's been having such a fantastic year, but I just see the Ravens' defense really stepping up with Marcus Peters and um, Marlon Humphrey. I don't know. I just have a funny feeling about the Ravens winning that game. Yeah. Wait, so you think you think that Josh Allen is going to be the 
I can you think that Josh Allen is going to be the LVP no. of 2021? No, just because... this weekend. Hello? You know, oh, oh, you sorry, know. Sorry. I, I heard this. Uh, so the four four AFC quarterbacks are Patrick Mahomes, um, Lamar Jackson, uh, Baker Mayfield, and Josh Allen. Guess who's the oldest oh, one of those four? Shoot. Is it Josh Allen? <laughs> Actually, no, I, I totally they're... forgot, but I'm pretty sure. Oh, God, what? You can't forget the Weren't they all drafted? Oh, no, Baker was drafted I, a year later. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure Baker's the oldest at, like, 25. And, like, wow. you know, a couple days older than um, Josh Allen. Like, it's yeah, this, this blew like my mind. I found yeah, it's not Lamar Jackson. He declared pro from Louisville when he was a junior. So he can't be one of the older. I, I think this blew my mind when I found out that uh, Trevor Lawrence is older than uh, Joe Burrow. Yep, that's and right. Joe Burrow was how old? Like, 24? No, Burrow's like, isn't he younger? He's 23, he was, I think. Um, oh, okay. I thought he was older for a draft. All right. Well, we'll, we'll probably have to say this for another podcast, but I want the viewers at home to keep this in mind. Trevor Lawrence will be good. He won't be great. I think whoever has the number one pick, which is Jacksonville, who, by the way, got Urban Meyer, so congrats on a good hire, they should draft Devontae Smith out of Alabama, who's by far the best talent of this year's draft class. But that's saved for another time. Yeah, but I feel like – I feel like it's still a quarterback league and you need a quarterback over a wide receiver. Yeah, Minshew, they don't need Lawrence. I mean, yeah, but I feel like you're going to get a a college quarterback who might as well run a college uh, offense or something. I I, I guess we'll see see what happens. We'll We'll see see what what they do. But, uh, Hoffman, do we have any uh, final words to our audience? Any podcasts? Any others we should check out? Wait, hold on. I wanted to actually ask another question about, about the Blackhawks and about hockey in general this year. Ooh. I think there's a very large elephant in the room. Uh, well, actually, a very, Dumbo? very small one. What's that? Dumbo? Uh, no, he's not in this room. Ah, yeah. Um, it's actually a small one, and it's not an elephant. It's a virus, and I think well, that— Well, Dumbo is a small virus. Or the Dumbo is a small <laughs> elephant, so. <laughs> okay, well, this is small, but it's no Dumbo. Uh, coronavirus is no Dumbo. <laughs> Remember that, ladies right, and gentlemen. Right. Let Elliot um, get into like, it. My question is how you guys think that COVID is going to affect um, this NHL season because we've already seen with the NBA that they're having, you know, they literally just started playing and uh, they're already having some issues. You know, Well, I think the difference between the NBA and NHL and NFL is the NBA – well, that, but I think the NHL is similar to the NFL compared to the NBA kind of is on their own is because – the NBA, those guys will do whatever they want, whenever they want, and they can care less. I mean, we're oh, still come looking... on. That's every professional oh, athlete. I think NBA is way – their player association is way, way more lenient. I mean, you don't even know where Kyrie Irving is. I think he's still playing hide-and-seek with the Nets. I think he's like, still trying to go down the YouTube flat-earth rabbit hole. Like, That's where he's, he's just like, been I mean, at home watching YouTube videos I getting mean, red-filled. George Hill literally said that. If I'm actually can sh- if I can't shake someone's hand, if I can't do this, like why am I, why am I playing basketball? Like NBA doesn't mm-hmm. have they let the players do whatever they want, and I think that's the biggest reason why it's spreading compared to the NHL. I mean these guys, these guys will hit each other. I mean they're not gonna high five ch- exchange jersey. I think the NHL will control it a little bit better than the NBA will. That's just my take. Fair enough. Fair enough. There's no Dennis Rodman's in the NHL. There's no. <laughs> you mean when they go off to Vegas and the yeah, winter, and marry uh, marry themselves and yeah, there's no one That's doing true. that. There's can you imagine like 
they're they're all like northern canada fishermen that's what all these hockey guys are <laughs> yeah or they're uh, yeah i mean we're swedish fishermen and i think i think the the NHL players are more like, all right, we got to win every game. Like, we got to be focused. NBA players, you know, they're getting paid millions. Like, one game, who cares? Um, you know. Or in the bold case, one season, who cares? Yeah, Another exactly. five seasons, who gives a shit? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I think I think the mentality is slightly different between a hockey player and an NBA player. Um, I think, yeah, just, just that. And I think NHL players – Maybe it's just because they come from a wide variety of backgrounds, too. Um, and they basically, you know, work a lot harder than NBA players. No offense to NBA players. I apologize. Much offense taken. He's coming for the entire Players Association. Um, I'm coming. Is, I almost was an NBA player. So, I, um, so like I, I have Kyrie Irving on my fantasy basketball team. And I'm, I'm, I'm about to go looking – how the Nets look for him. He's lost. I don't, no one knows where he is. They just haven't heard from him? He never reported. He said he was taking personal time. Last thing they saw was him partying with his his family at a birthday party. Oh, my God. And he's, and the Why NBA, is he checked out like that? The Nets are really good. I know. He just he want, he didn't feel like playing basketball for a few days, so he took a couple of days off. Like, who can do that? No one else in any league can just well, take actually, a few days Dennis Rodman yeah, did that back in the 90s with Michael I mean, Jordan. okay. But I know that's a completely different era. I, I'm just that's also basketball. That's that's still basketball. No, he, exactly. Josh is right. The, the Players Association, the NBA, holds a lot of power. Holds way more power than any players union in any other sport. That's for sure. Yeah, if you miss a practice in the NFL, you get like fined a hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars or something. And if if you if the coach misses a practice in the NBA, they'll be reprimanded by LeBron. Like love. Le'Veon Bell, didn't he miss, like, the whole season? Didn't he lose, like, all his salary? Wasn't he fine, like, oh, yeah. you know, $5 million or something? Like, the NBA, like, James Harden didn't show up for multiple days, and then he got his wish. Like, he can do whatever he wants, basically. Um, these guys just run the league, and I'm getting more and more annoyed every time I hear this. <laughs> All these guys just sit out on games. Bro, you should call the NBA there. hotline and complain. This is unacceptable. I demand I you know my answers. I might, but that's my take on this whole COVID thing with NHL, Elliot. Fair enough. Fair enough. That, make, that makes a lot of sense. I didn't consider that, but you're absolutely right. Also, um, if it spreads as much as it does, regardless of outside sources, they're playing the same damn buildings. They share the same locker rooms as the NBA. True. So it's the same circumstances for however – quickly it spreads that's right but i mean i don't i I think it's fair to say that the nhl still has a very solid chance of not being so disrupted by by covid as because they have a bunch of boring guys and that play hockey that just that might just work out in their favor yeah that might actually help uh help you know save some lives that they're boring fishermen who knew yeah, it'll it'll keep the games going so all fifty people can watch. <laughs> well, that's a story for another day about the NHL viewership. But, um, I didn't even know the games Elliot. were on. That's how that's that's how bad they are at publicity. Yeah, Sam's mm-hmm. NHL. They're right up there. Um, but anyways, Alex, thanks for joining us talking some NHL. Um. We have... Isn't David supposed to do this part, Josh? Oh, David, do you want to do this? 
No, no, you're a natural at this guy. <laughs> I'm all like he's done. Yeah, I'm cashed out. Yeah, you I um I was just gonna say we have we have French Fry Review at Shake Shack. David, have you ever been to Shake Shack before? Oh yeah, many times. They're oh, so, so good. Dude, so good. I, I'm pretty sure I went to Shake Shack at least a good three or four times a week when I was down in Florida. By makeup or by running like a good three or four miles every other day. <laughs> yeah, they do. Feel, I just actually went there today. I had the, the oh, wow. double. Uh, you went to Florida for one day? What's wrong? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I went to Shake Shack in Florida. I've been to Shake Shack once with Steve. Steve Dog? Yes. Yeah, it was a very scary situation. It, um, it was a rand. I forgot why we were downtown, but we were down. It was the one on Michigan Avenue. Like the nice okay, one. Okay, okay, okay. The downtown oh, yeah, Chicago. And yeah. We we were we walked there because we were on State Street by like you know like the Chicago Theater. So we walked over, got it, and then we had to go back to the Union Station for the train. Oh. And by then, there was a no one on the streets. The fog set in, so it was thick fog. Mm-hmm. So me and Steve were holding Shake Shack like the shakes like running our for our lives through downtown Chicago all the way. Mind you, it's like, I don't know how long, but it takes like 20, 30 minutes to, like, to walk to Union Station from all the way to the lake. From the I've lake. been in that exact same situation, having to run to the train station after getting Shake Shack. It was like, the, I, could not, I could not enjoy the shake. It was a terrible experience. I will never go back. But fries are good. Hamburgers are good. Shakes are a little <laughs> overpriced. Um, but... Thanks for the story. Leave that for the review, David, thanks man. For, um, David, thanks for hosting. And then we also have, I forgot to mention. Hipster with Daniel New. New, too. Yeah. So, full, full episode uh, following this. Sounds so. good. All right. We will send it over to that French Fry Review. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Okay, so Deep Fried Podcast, we're here at Shake Shack. This is a, um, a New York special, um, and we have Benji, who is in New York right now, so he can tell us that the Shake Shack craze is probably very strong out there. Is, it, is, is that right? Shack, did, it, did it originate in New York? I believe so. Oh, I actually I, did not know that. Oh, well, huh. well I, guess I, I guess you learn something new every day. Um, anyway, we're going to dive right in. Oh, wow. You're right. Started at the hot dog cart, 2001, Madison Square Park. Yep. There's a big rivalry between, like, In-N-Out in California and Ship Shack in New York. And Five Guys. Can't forget Five Guys. Is Five Guys a five New York Five Guys the Midwest. Yeah, five guys like... East Coast. Mm. Oh, East Coast? Yeah. These are... Okay, so the fries. <laughs> fries are different than Five Guys, though. They are. These they're are very fries. Very, very like crispy though, and potatoey. It's somehow both at the same time. Yeah, they they are. These are every time I bite one, they surprise me and get better and better each time. And I got mine 15 minutes ago, and they're still really good. Yeah, that's like full of flavor um, for a fry. Yeah. yeah, these are. I mean, these are fantastic. The burger here was pretty good too. Um, yeah, but that, that doesn't factor into your fries. That does not factor in, obviously. <laughs> no, but just in general, it was uh, pretty good. 
pretty dang good. But anyways, um, since I, it's cold out, um, Elliot, you want to start us off here? Yeah. So, first of all, agree with everything you said. Love the crinkle cut fry. Um, it's just classic, and and they did it like the edges are really great. The crinkle is like it's crunchy. Mm-hmm. It's got that um, nice texture to it. The salt is perfect. Not too salty, but enough. Overall, very very good fry. Probably one of the best we've had on the podcast. Uh, I'm gonna give no. this a strong eight point seven. No way. It's really really good. Wow. That's an amazing fry. That's that's high, but it, I I think, think my it's top. I mean, it's good, Benji. How about you? No, I, I right, was, wait, hold on, hold on, Benji. I should say my one critique is that it could be a bit crispier, mm-hmm. or a bit soft. But other than that, that's perfect. true. But the level of crisp is amazing, given that they are also quite potatoy. These are not crinkle cut fries, not like McDonald's style or anything like that. So overall. I mean, I said wow because I was thinking literally the exact same thing. Very good fries. We need to um, we need to start checking our spreadsheet to analyze the score, uh, check what our previous scoring was because I don't remember what I ranked uh, my previous highest one. But these are really good fries. Well, are you talking Patillo's one? Because I actually went back to check what my Patillo's one was. Yeah. Um. And actually, um, our Patillo's one, Benji, yours was at 7.4. Ooh, and, interesting. Which is interesting. Um, I had a 7.1 on that Patillo's one. Um, but yeah, so I don't know if that's what kind of you will... I kind of compare them to a Patillo's Culver's one. Mm-hmm. I think they're very similar to that um, thing. But i kind of sorry to get, you know, interview with you. But anyways, uh, keep going, Benji. No, no. I mean, this is this is a conversation to be had, but I think they're better than both Portillo's and Culver's here. So I agree 100%. I'll also say um, the consistency is there since you guys mentioned that yours are hot and even though I'm at a different location, I felt the same way about mine. Very nice temperature to it. Um, nothing bad to say. I'll give it same score, 8.7. There you go. I think that's I think that's uh, pretty fair. Um, I think these are probably what kind of Elliot said, probably the best fries overall. Um, they're not even soggy, and they yeah. did the trick of they punch holes in the containers to make them not mm, soggy. I um, didn't even notice that. Oh, it's a little, little tip for all the other corporate companies that get <laughs> soggy fries out there. Um, Chick fil A. Just, uh, just, a, just a FYI in future um, things. You heard it. From the Deep Fry podcast here first. Um, but anyways, um, crispy, the good. The, I mean, I think mine was a little salty, but I think that was good. I yeah. think because it kind of balanced the potatoiness of it, mm-hmm. if that's even a word. Um, it's but, one we've used on this podcast many times. Um, but yeah, I think overall, um, really, really good. I They compared to Culver's and Patello's, but just better. Um, yeah, they're, they're both very, starchy. Oh no, they're very, um, very close, um, close in basically everything. But I think I'm these swapping. are just overall better. Um, with that being said, I'll go um, in eight point five. So just a tad okay. under years. Uh, but overall, I think these are probably, if not, That's a great average. Uh, if not, the best top three best fries that we've had mm-hmm. so far. Um, but just to review. 
you are Benji, you and Elliot both said 8.7, and then I said 8.5. Mm-hmm. Um, any last thoughts, thoughts on Shake Shack? Um, I just, as you were talking, was eating this with the burger that I ordered, and that is an amazing combination. It goes so well with the burger. For some reason, the Shake Shack sauce, the Shack sauce complements the fries, but uh, yes, I agree with everything uh, everyone said. Yeah, very strong. And I do like that comes in a bit under nine. So if there's like a set of French fries that truly wows us in the future, we can still go higher. But these are all around just really good fries. I agree. I agree. Shake that. Keep it up. All right. All right, bonus coverage of Hipster Brew with Dinu. I'm here with my boy Dinu. So what did we just do? So we're sitting in the Sunset parking lot, looking like we do cocaine off the back of Josh's car. We went through Dunkin'. We got one small, one medium, and one large iced coffee. And we're doing it for the people today. We're doing what everyone's always wondered. And we just wanted to know, because we saw a TikTok a while back saying that they give the same amount in each cup. So we wanted to put it to the test. And we did that today. Josh, your thoughts? Was definitely not what I was expecting. So we basically, we got a measuring cup and we basically measured how much coffee was in a medium or a large, medium and small. Um, basically, we got, once Daniel orders it, ordered it, we noticed that there was zero ice in any of them, which basically screwed up our results already. I, I think the guy knew what we were up to and he just wasn't going to let us expose him like that. So he, he proved us wrong. Yeah. I, yeah, because basically we dumped we dumped the large in. It was 800 milliliters of coffee, ze- like maybe two pieces of ice, and that was it. Like literally, like just a smidge, like none, it barely any. Because usually when you go to Dunkin', there's a pound in there. Yeah, yeah, it was the weirdest thing. Typically, it's three sips and and you're, and you're done, done with it. Yeah. But this this time, I don't know, maybe a hundred sips before you yeah. even got finished with yeah, it. Yeah, um, it was literally a full cup of coffee. Yeah, so large was 800 milliliters. We did the medium, which was 600 milliliters. And if you can guess what the small would be, it would have been 400 milliliters, which all makes sense realistically, right? right? Yeah, it all makes sense. Um, But I'm curious if we tried it again, what would happen? Yeah, I think we should try a different Dunkin' because I think this guy knew what we're up to. Like, he, I was like, I want a small, a medium, and a large. And he was like, uh-huh. Like, and I mean, we also did go during happy hours. We so we got, like, yeah, so I mean, it, it might change that as well. But I've been to different Dunkins. I think that theory might be right. But this guy is just trying to prove us wrong here. Yeah, that's probably the first time I've ever gotten so little ice in my coffee. Yeah, I'm actually kind of upset. <laughs> like, yeah, right? Like, I might have to come to this Dunkin' yeah, for I was gonna now. Yeah, this guy, yeah, no offense to this guy. He, uh, you know, I'm not even going to talk badly about the guy. No, I love him. Never mind. But, yeah, I mean, he just doesn't seem to like his job. But at the end of the day, he does it for the people. So, <laughs> And we did it for the people, and we, we were proven wrong. Yeah, yeah we were proven. I might have to send out a public apology. Like, I, I'm, I'm shocked. I told many people I think the Duncan kind of screws you in the ice. And this guy's, man, this, dude, this guy's doing the Lord's work. Like, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> exactly. So, anyways, um, based, on we, based off of what we found, large still has more coffee than a medium. It does. Medium still has more coffee than a small. And small, unfortunately, has very little coffee. Yeah. I would say go test your local Duncan and find out. but Or you can listen to us. Up to you. Yeah. And- at this point, we might have to try another Dunkin'. We might have to try Panera, see what their results on it, too. We're just trying try to expose people, so. Yeah, but anyways, uh, last thoughts on, on this Dunkin'. I also do want to point out, we are in the old Sunset Foods parking lot doing this. I think it's Whole Foods. Oh, Whole Foods, whatever. 
Oh, and now, okay, we got some cars. But we I just want to say, we, we, we made ourselves look sketchy for the viewers. So I also wanted to say, like, if you don't listen to this, if you do get to this point, thank you. That's just all I have to say. Yeah, thank you. Um, Again, uh, so what's, I guess, your overall rating on this, Duncan? Dude, I have to get, for, for the ice, Like, because our sole purpose of this was to figure out how much they give. I'm giving a full 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. Dude, 10 points. It was no ice. Like, he, that man is doing it for the people. <laughs> That's true. Hashtag for the people. For the people. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, that was cool. Yeah, so Daniel gave it a solid 10 out of 10. Dude, which- for the quality and like the, what is it? The, um, fuck, what's the word? Oh, excuse me. We'll beep that out. <laughs> <laughs> but for the value, 10 out of 10, 100%. 10 out of 10. Wow, that is how. He hasn't even tried the coffee yet. It coffee already- might taste like absolute, absolute poop, but it has so much caffeine, it doesn't matter. <laughs> there you go. And this is what, his third, fourth, fifth coffee of the day anyways I've so i had one today this will be my second but maybe third if i drink the other yeah one. yeah so anyways um that's our that's our hipster brew review on how much coffee dunkin donuts gives you on a medium a large medium and small yes i also want to shamelessly plug dunkin please sponsor me i will be putting this in every episode until you do thank you <laughs> <laughs>